ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position, ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing, cause I be willing and dealing. Find me the trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. Good evening, all you Dynasty junkies. You got your man in the first chair tonight at Scott underscore Sidlow on Twitter and just Scott Sidlow in real life. Uh, my man tonight with me in the co-host chair at Andrew Hall FF. Andrew Hall, how was that Bengals game on Sunday? Oh, man, I, I lost my voice. Or Saturday. Uh, my, my, my phone died. Uh, yeah, it was one heck of a game. I, I mean, I don't think I've ever cheered that loud. It was a heck of a day. So, yeah, who day, baby, who day? So I got to go to a Bears playoff game, and I remember that because wait, the know, Bears were in the playoffs? What? Not many, not many, not many, and uh, at the double the double doink um, forever is ingrained in my memory. I have never heard seventy eight thousand people just dead silent, and the the reverberating doink doink of that kick hitting the goalpost is forever ingrained in my memory. But. Uh, but hey, listen, we're not talking about shitty football teams tonight, or maybe we will, but we got the OG, the godfather of fantasy football, Mr. Bob Harris, coming to us live tonight. My man, how you doing? Wait, I'm 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 the grandfather. I think Barry's the godfather. So uh, <laughs> we're we're actually in a league where that's the, the what the team names say. The, oh, that's the great. So, that's great. Uh, so uh so, and it is a dynasty league, of course. So uh, perfect. Beautiful. On brand. Beautiful. Yes. At football diehard on Twitter. Uh, listen, you can find this guy everywhere. Footballdiehards.com. Um, like I said, he's the OG. Started all sorts of things. Um, fantasy writer of the year. FSWA awards. Uh, XM radio. I've been listening to Bob and Dempsey on XM for what seems like a really long time. <clears throat> we won't say how long, but just, you know, many years, right? And uh, yes, uh, quite a long time. And uh, and actually, we did a lot of stuff before we were on Sirius together as well on uh, terrestrial radio. So it seems okay. like even longer for poor Mike Dempsey. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Do you remember uh, when you started on XM with Mike? Uh, it was uh, 2010, I think. Okay. That's probably, that probably seems right. Yeah. That probably seems right for me. That's a, yeah. Yeah. Definitely feels right to me. Again, I, I definitely remember listening to you when I didn't know anything about fantasy and was like one of those guys was like, wait, there's a fantasy station? That would really help. Yeah, so that, that <laughs> right. kind of turned the corner for me in uh, 2012, 13, somewhere in there is when I was like, let me hang on. Let me put some more energy in this. So really happy to have you on, Bob. I appreciate you asking me. You, it was the gateway drug. It was the gateway right. drug for me that turned me into a junkie. I mean, honestly, <clears throat> you know, turned me from a couple of uh, home uh <clears throat> 
you know, redraft leagues into, you know, 13, 14 redraft leagues every year, and then high stakes redraft leagues, and then keeper leagues, and then dynasty leagues, and then Debbie leagues. And here I am, you know, a trade addict <laughs> and a dynasty junkie. So what do you, what are you going to do? But, I can think of worse things to be addicted to young man. Yeah. <laughs> Amen <laughs> to that. True. Very true. Uh, Bob, how long have you played? Dy- Did you, when you first started dynasty, wasn't necessarily a thing, but no was was uh when did that come around and when did you start to get into that i resisted uh for quite some time you know just you know number one workload and was in a lot of redraft leagues and to me the you know the the fun was in drafting and then getting to start over again and drafting and i didn't you know i sure i just kind of had a blind spot for it and you know when we did it and i I worked for you know a, a magazine publisher uh fantasy sports publications and when we'd have dynasty articles, I would have someone, you know, obviously we go out and find people to write these things. And, and I, I didn't really get into it that much. And then, uh, seemed like early two thousands. Uh, sorry, there's a Amber alert. Uh, so, uh, it doesn't care if my phone is silent. Um, somebody's so, uh, looking for Kenny Galladay's touchdowns. Okay. That's so. right. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. So, and I just started dabbling a little bit and, you know, and I start going, Oh, this is kind of cool. You get a chance to build. And, you know, if you're, you know, if you're struggling and, and <clears throat> I think my early uh, exposure was I took over some orphans and I think that's always maybe, you know, not necessarily the best experience when Same you're first starting. And so, <clears throat> you know, then it, then it kind of got it more involved and over time, you know, Dempsey, my co-host on Sirius is, huge in dynasty loves dynasty yes and uh the deeper the better we're in some pretty crazy leagues right now uh (laughs) you know so i mean like you know 50 man rosters full idp uh two leagues two copies of every player you know the whole nine yards actually it's this league football that hard thing um but uh but the uh but but then i started you know I started getting into it a little more and, and so over time and then once you start and you kind of build some from scratch and do startups then you're, you know, it's a little more appealing and, and, uh, and yeah. it's just kind of grown on me over time. So now I think I'm in, it was like seven, you know, long, okay. and those are the, and they're kind of leagues that, you know, that I really enjoy. And some of them are super competitive with some really high end players. Um, and, uh, and, and it's, it's really challenging and I enjoy it. I, you know, I have weaknesses that, you know, hinder me a little bit in, in that I, I'm reluctant to let go of things when it's time to let mm. go of them uh you know trading we all have that problem i will yeah. i am like a cheapskate <laughs> and a chiseler and 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 i won't you know someone's like trying to work with me i want three things not that one thing you know and so and we'll I, I will go forever right and so uh and also you know just you know like giving up and saying okay it's time to rebuild you know that's to me such a such a hard thing to just acknowledge say okay i've got to just I've got to do this again. I think that's where, you know, taking over orphans kind of is, is helpful uh, or at least, uh, you know, a learning experience where you have to, you're just like, you have no choice. You're like, Oh, somebody abandoned this team and it's horrible. And I've just got to, I've got to blow it up and and do that. And so, but, but admitting a team that you've built uh, requires that is, is difficult. Even when it has nothing to do with you, it's just, you know, the players, there's attrition, right? Natural attrition. And, and things happen and unexpected, you know, outcomes of players and all those things that lead to that. And so, you know, it's hard for me to let go of that, but I'm getting better every year. I'm still, you know, I, I still kind of consider myself a novice at that. Cause like I said, it's been, you know, only the last 15, 20 years seems like, you know, <laughs> seems longer when I say it like that, but, but, you know, having started like over 30 years ago <clears throat> playing and sticking with, you know, just redraft early on. 
um, kind of, you know, I feel like I'm still, you know, still have a lot to learn. And part of that is adding more IDP, you know, which is something I resisted as well for Ooh, many, many yeah. thousands of years. Oh, and, yeah. and so, uh, and then you add the dynasty angle to that and it, it just, it adds another layer. Yeah, no, sure. no doubt. And then you can start going down the rabbit holes of contract leagues and then Yeah, I've uh, done that. I've know, been so, involved in some of the, you know, yeah. the, what is the, I want to say the site, uh, uh, reality sports online is that what it is i think that's uh, okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i mean that, and, and it's like it, yeah right it was a ton of fun um but man it just was hard for everyone to keep up with it and the, the you know it was a, also like an auction <clears throat> draft and trying right. to get everyone to sit down you know at the same time and have that time available to you know spend eight nine hours doing yeah. a, uh, an auction near draft. impossible these days well yeah it just got really difficult so that was one Matt Waldman put together and it was really, it was, I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. You know, the length of contracts working all that out was really enjoyable, but, but it was a lot of effort. Yeah, no doubt. Speaking of Matt Waldman, mm. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe we'll I be talking to him soon. So, <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, we got him coming up. Yeah. Um, Bob, mm. do you have as many redraft? Are you still in a ton of redraft leagues these days? Yeah. Have you cut right. back? Are you still, it's hard to be, do what you do and not be in a lot, it, it right? It's impossible because you're trying to reciprocate. You want people in your magazine leagues and all, you know, we were kind of want to showcases right. and you ask them, they ask you, you want to, you know, you want to be available. So I end up every year being in about 30 leagues. Um, wow. Most of them redraft. That includes the dynasty leagues that I'm in. So, uh, so I'm, I, every year I promise I'm cutting back and every year I do not cut back. I thought <laughs> best ball would like kind of, you know, scratch the itch. All it did was add to it. Right. I mean, yeah. I I'm going to do 50 best ball drafts too. I just don't have to worry about it once the season starts. And that's always my downfall in, you know, in season long is, you know, number one, I focus a lot on work. I mean, my job is not winning titles. My job is helping people win their titles. That's what they're paying right. for. So <clears throat> they're not paying me to win my titles. I would like to win. I'm very competitive. I get really frustrated when I don't win, but I'm also realistic and <clears throat> I'm not able, you know, work schedules don't allow me to necessarily be out there working the waiver wire as hard as other people. I work with sure. Michael Fabiano, who is insane on the waiver wire, <laughs> uh, who is insane on the trades. Dempsey, insane on the trades, uh, insane on the waiver wire. I mean, I do a lot of first come first serves after everyone's, you know, done their business. Yeah, so essentially too. I need to draft really well and get lucky. And, right. and it happens on occasion, right? Not very often, but it, it does happen. And, and it like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of overstating the case, but it can be a little bit of a battle and, and you just fight it as best you can and then go check your best balls and hope you draft really well there too. Yeah, exactly. But you that's know, part I, of the joy of dynasty, right? Is, is, uh, those are the ones I, so there, there's a band that I tend to focus on that are more competitive, even some of the redrafts, sure. uh, you know, that I'm in and, and, you know, who you're playing with and, and who's looking at it plays into that. And so you put a little more effort, but the dynasties, I definitely, you know, take, put a little more focus on, except for the one serious XM orphan league that I took over. It's just like, it's been such a slog. I struggle. You, you want, you want to call out who the previous owner was? Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't actually know. It's been so long. Okay. I don't actually know who the previous owner was, but it was such a whole, that it's like been just all, and it's so many. I mean, you're playing with so many really sharp, high end. Yeah, I'm starting to gain a little ground just through drafting. But you know, the you go Takes to the waiver wire and just like the you know the dynasty that I was talking about, where we you know we're 32 teams and 50 deep. I mean, the waiver wire is barren, right? Anyway, yeah. even if you you need something, yeah. you might find a cornerback floating around out there. So, <clears throat> so though you know. But 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 I do tend to focus a little bit more on those dynasty leagues, especially the more competitive ones, where I don't want to look like a schmo. 
Yeah, no, no doubt. I, I will say that I found a little, a little of the magic back in redraft. I, I'm literally in like only two true redrafts at this point. You know, I'm in uh, 40-ish dynasty leagues, um, a handful of uh, a hundred, you know, hundred best ball leagues, um, and then a couple keeper leagues. But there's one redraft league, and the thing that really got me into dynasty was like when you start zero and five, and you're like, well what do I do? I mean, for the integrity of the league, I'm going to set my lineups and stuff, but am I trying to trade or really work right. waivers? I'm not doing anything, but I did find that in my, my redraft league this year with all my college and high school buddies, I started one in five and I, I just, I kept on the grind and I ended up seven and six. I made the playoffs, you know, right. I made a run and it's like, that was fun. Right. That was yep. fun making that comeback because right. in dynasty, I would have given up. I would have been done. I would have been rebuilding and, you know, whatever. That would have been it for the year. And so I almost had kind of forgotten what that was like to to do that, because in dynasty, you're you're like, OK, I'm on five. You know, I'm one in right. five. It's not happening <clears> this year. So let's look towards the future. Right. And you kind of forget about those things. Yeah, I feel um, like the, the you know, the the whole notion of, you know, like tanking and things like that, which, you know, I'm in a league now where someone is tanking and I mean, they're doing it as best they can. And I mean, they really don't have a choice. Uh, they're working hard to get the draft picks. But for me, that's just such a, you know, the admission that I, you know, feels like I'm admitting I failed. And, you know, that's not what it is. Right. It's just it didn't work. And you need to start from scratch. I have a really hard time accepting uh, that. And, well, uh, and, 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 and so, and so hopefully I, you know, having experience watching someone this year, you know, really have to work hard at, you know, building up draft picks and do that. Maybe I'll be a little more open to it going forward. Well, I mean, there's tanking and then there's like productive struggle as Ryan McDowell says, you know, name right. dropping someone else yeah. who might be on our show soon, but like productive struggle is kind of what you were talking about. Like there's just, there's yep. no one in your lineup. Like all I'm just taking, I'm trading for injured players. I'm yep. trading for young guys that don't aren't playing right now. And like, I'm trading for Deshaun Watson and like, you know, Justin Fields early in this season. So at that point you're, you're adding value to your team, but you're not, you know, ruining the integrity of the league. It's kind of like right. you're getting the best of both that's, worlds. That's the I thing, like that. right? I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think that, you know, it's always key. And it's, you know, we had a big discussion in the league I'm in right now about that, you know, is, you know, is it okay to tank like this or is it okay to do this? You know, and, and we kind of had those discussions in the group chat and I thought it was really useful to me to, you know, kind of understand what people are willing to accept and not willing to accept and what seems yep. okay and not okay. Cause for me, I mean, just, you know, I'm, I, I don't, I'm not sure any of it's okay, but I mean, it's part of the game. And so, you know, learning how to deal with all that has been a, a interesting experience. Yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt. Sure. We've had uh, lots of tanking discussions and uh, it's, you know, to me, it's, it's pretty simple. It's you, you trade away your productive players for, you know, whether they're yeah, injured future. players, young players or, or future picks. And that's really the only way to do it. You start your best lineup every week, no matter what, yep. and you just let it fall where it may. <clears throat> I mean, honestly, you can end up, you know, as Andrew always says, you can end up with the one one and take Nikhil Harry. So it doesn't, right. you know, it doesn't matter. I'll let it fall where it is. And if I end up with the one Oh three or the one Oh four, I'll live with it and I'll make my picks and we'll move on with life. But uh, I want to get into the, you know, the dynasty, as we call it, the non-point scoring season, Bob, this is dynasty never ends, as you know, right? And it's, uh, this is, this is a different kind of grind and it's, it's more fun because it's not doing those lineups every week and it's not, you right. know, it's more about really, um, you know, all the exciting things, right? Coaching changes and schemes and free positioning, agency. Yeah. Positioning yourself and, and, and you know, setting the, you know, kind of setting the, prepping yeah. the battlefield as it were, you know, to get ready pre-draft I, I you know 
I, I mean, one of the leagues I'm in, and this is, is Scott Barrett has a league that I'm in with with a bunch of people. We draft our rookie draft is before the NFL. Draft, oh, I love that. A, I uh, love and, that. And a layer of intrigue. And so uh, it makes it really interesting. So I've got to pay a little more attention than I, and that's one of the other How soon is that? Well, when do we draft? Is it like right be before or is it like? It's a little before. It's month. like about a month before. Yeah. Okay. It'll be, I think we, okay. I think it's been March or maybe even February. No. Okay. It was like March. So, so yeah, a month or so. Out. Yeah. Okay. So I have time to, you know, cause in season I'm focused on the guys in NFL uniforms. I'm not paying attention to the college guys. And, uh, right. and that's why I'm friends with Matt Waldman and people who do right. pay attention right. to that and they can help me out. <clears throat> and trust me, Matt is an invaluable, uh, aid in that, no in, my, in my work in that regard. But, <clears throat> but, you know, trying to, you know, set your team up and, you know, get your roster in shape for, you know, what's, what's to come is, is is at a more relaxed pace i that's the part this is the no point season is the part that i kind of like the best me too me too you're not alone on that one you're not no alone. no no doubt no doubt i do i do not enjoy doing 40 something lineups every week but i guess no. you're in the same boat with your retraff <laughs> leagues. yeah it's a, i mean it's a it's a battle that's you know finding the time to set lineups even you know you want to be you know really proactive so i have to you know be really disciplined about setting a time every week where I can really spend three or four hours setting lineups and making sure I, you know, feel the full lineup, competitive lineup every week or as competitive. When you still have a, a reputation, right? You, you're still, you know, you got to win <laughs> these leagues. You still got to put your best yeah, face. Yeah, I'm pretty old. Fall away, but, you <laughs> I'm know. pretty old. Nobody really cares. Who I went around. Just <laughs> oh, I got to be in a league with you, Bob. That sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's no start another league, weeks. you know? Right. Um, That's right. So <laughs> how far ahead do you, do you look in your redraft preparation? I mean, obviously you're going to be paying attention to coaching mm. changes and things yes. like that. From, from a dynasty perspective, are you leaning on your, your redraft research and your redraft mentality to think like right now, for example, you know, to be very specific, is there anyone that you're targeting for your dynasty leagues for next year? Is there anyone, or is there anyone that you're like, I got to get this guy off my roster. I don't know what's going on here or he's getting too old for me or the coaching change doesn't work or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, are you already looking ahead to those things? And do you have any names that have jumped out to you even here on January 20th? Uh, the latter is not really, I mean, I'm, you know, like obviously guys who are, you know, not going to, I don't think, but I mean, you know, you, we see every year there are players on everybody's roster who have, are no longer playing. I, I, I have a roster I will never release Andrew Luck. It's a startup uh, two quarterback <laughs> league where he was my first pick and retired yes. before the season started. He will be on my roster forever. If I see you walking down the street, Andrew Luck, we're going to have a conversation, <laughs> sir. Um, but uh, <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, it. I think, you know, letting go the, 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 the second part of that is I'm not as quick to do that. I, and I, I, I almost think that's like a, a universal thing. We, we don't, we're reluctant to let go of that thing waiting, you know, the minute that you do, you know, the FOMO, the, we're all going to miss out on this, you know, and we see it redraft too. Every, you know, I'm like, going to oh, yeah. play this guy until I keel over dead. Cause he's going to have that good game. As soon as I sit him <clears throat> or as Dempsey says, he does a ceremonial benching uh, yeah. to make sure to get yes. him back on track. But, but the former that, <clears throat> you know, looking for players that I can maybe target, um, I think that is kind of goes hand in hand with what I do for redraft for my process, just in general, as I prepare for the magazines, et cetera, I start looking at the, you know, I probably, everyone does this. You make a list of players who disappointed people or mm -hmm. players who came up short because of injury or whatever that, and, and I tend to be a little more injury agnostic than a lot of people. 
I just firmly believe everyone gets hurt. I mean, it's not like, you know, so Christian McCaffrey will sure. be a guy that, you know, I'm out there running around looking for anybody willing to just, that's had enough, right? And in Dynasty, I mean, I've had him uh, in a startup that it was started three years ago. And so obviously the last two years, uh, it's been pretty frustrating. I also have J.K. Dobbins on that uh on that yeah. so it's, it's, Productive it's been struggle. a rough yeah. oh yeah <laughs> but still i mean i'm not letting go of either of those guys and, and i'm i'm still going to be in other leagues out trying to find that guy deandre hopkins uh you know anyone who came up short i mean i'll be looking at ezekiel elliott uh you know thinking and i mean not that i want to you know i'm out dying to get these guys but For i'm the right feeling price. like I'm, i yeah, yeah i feel like that's where the value is and i'm you know uh, make the same old joke. I want to be the uh, the fireman of value. I want to run into that burning building of value and drag the body out and take it home and rescue it, right? And so those are the kind of players I'll be looking for or players where there have been major changes or just, you know, total disappointments, guys that were utter disasters that you think, wow, this is not working. I mean, not, not Nikhil Harry level disasters, but right. because obviously <laughs> he cannot play football. Um, right. uh, but 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 uh, you would think the Patriots would have realized this at some point, but no. Um mm. But that's that's kind of the approach, and it's you know it's kind of across the board in all formats. You're kind of looking at those players. You know, I'm even thinking about best ball. Where are these free square players that I'm going to draft in you know round twelve and later that are maybe going to come up and do something for me? And if they don't, I don't care. They were free. I right. want free. I want free. I'm I'm old. I want my <laughs> discount. Uh, and so those that. are the, those are the players. I, those are the players I'm looking for right now. And I I'm just now starting the process of making my list and you know, kind of digging deep, but I mean, there's a, a number of obvious names, but the coaching thing to me is big. You mentioned as well. Um, Cause that's, you know, when I started doing this, you know, a thousand years ago, that seemed <laughs> to me to be the thing, you know, every week in the NFL is a new game. It's a new place. Often, you know, away, you have to travel, you have to stay away from home. You have a different game plan. You have all these things that change every single week. And a coach's desire is to keep as much the same as he can. Right. right. And because, you know, they're looking for that consistency. And so when you understand what a coach's desired outcome for things are, you can work off that. That doesn't mean they always get their desired outcome. Players have to deliver on those outcomes. But when you know what the boss, you know, in, 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 in you know, in the entire world, who is more the boss than an NFL head coach once the season starts? Right. I mean, they have complete control over pretty much everything. So if you kind of understand what they're after and what they're going to want their assistant coaches to do and what kind of playing time they want to have their players, you know, uh, I think it's a great way to start, you know, a, a, a good starting point. So the coaching changes are big and understanding who the new coaches coming in are, where they come from, who they've worked with, what they've done in the past. Definitely. All those kind of things are, are things I think we have to pay a lot of attention to. Oh, I know Scott talks about that all the time. Yeah, like OCs, like who's calling the plays? Right. Like that really matters more than the head coach that's getting all the <clears throat> attention. Like, well, who's actually going to be making right. changes on Sunday morning? And putting right, people always, in lineups, that's who we care about. You right. Know? You always joke, you, you always joke around. You know, you know I'm, I'm I'm not calling the plays. I'm not, you know, handing the ball. I'm not throwing the ball. I can't do anything. I can't throw a block. I can't tape an ankle. Um, <laughs> but what I can do is know about the guys that do all those things. Yes. And how yes. I can take advantage. And that's kind of how I got started in all this was I just felt like there was a a, a, a room for more information. Yeah. Information was our yeah. only weapon, right? When you're playing this, that's the, the tip of our spear, strategically speaking. So uh, it's something I like to pay a lot of attention to, and I enjoy paying attention to that part of it. Well, and to piggyback on that, I think January is the time to take risk. That's what I love about this non-point scoring season yep. is like when you're getting closer to the title, you want less risk. You want more sturdy. You want to yes. be able to withstand the storm. But as soon as January hits, <clears> you can <throat> turn some of those those stable players into risky players and shoot for the moon. 
because you've got eight months to you have to set a lineup, right? So it's like, kind of liberating. Even, yeah, it's kind of like, oh, finally, give me, give me these guys that I was terrified of a month ago. Now I want them, right? And so it's the same thing what you're saying. is like Christian McCaffrey is a prime example, right? Go In December, nobody wanted him. But I bet you now his value is going to start creeping back up because people are like, yeah. okay, well, now I'm willing to take that risk on my roster. I've got months to decide. Who knows what's going to happen there? Maybe they go get a good coach or you know, offense Maybe play somewhere good, else. Well, yeah. right, or they get a good quarterback in the draft. Like, There's all these what-ifs that add to his value that in December nobody was – everybody's right. avoiding like play. So that's all what I, I love about this season. 30 points a game. That's all I see. Yeah. Nothing else. <laughs> was he like number two on the season in points per game, right? Like, hey, he's still number two. But th- what's the problem? I don't understand. <laughs> But yeah, I love that about this time of year. So, is, Bob, has there ever been a time where? Because I know you said you it's you you hang on and you're you're trying always trying to compete and waiting. Do you have uh, like an age cutoff? Like some people are real ageist in dynasty, right? Mm-hmm. You'll find guys. Oh, I don't have oh, running backs over twenty six right. or receivers over twenty nine or whatever. Um, is is there anyone? in particular that you can think of that you've said, you know what, I just, I've got to cut my losses here. I've got to sell uh, I'm not for, ageist for right for now the, for this. I'm season, not ageist for, for the obvious reasons. Um, also I'm priced, <laughs> right? I mean, I, that's what I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm, it's more about value than age. And oftentimes the older players give me value and look, you still have to feel the full lineup. Not everyone can be a young guy uh, or just right. starting out or, you know, going to give me 10 years on this roster of great production. I mean, you have to fill out and, uh, and so I'm not afraid at all to go after older players. And sometimes those guys uh, fare pretty well. And, and I think, you know, all the shenanigans notwithstanding, I mean, Antonio Brown is one of those guys where you, you know, you buy the cheapest piece of a, of a group of players of the receiving core of the Buccaneers. If you bought the yes. cheapest piece of that and age not was not a factor in that. Right. I mean, he was still right. the guy that was getting things done. And so, you know, Rob Gronkowski, I'm, picking all guys that play with Tom Brady. I wonder why. Um, Smart, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> but, uh, doing this a while, Bob, you know, what but, you're all, <laughs> but the, you know, that's the the point there. There's some value to all these players and they're, they have a use and, and if it's only a year, then okay, it's only a year. And, and then at some point, like three years after they're done, I have to go out and clean out that roster and get rid of all the guys that are like quit playing years ago. Well, yeah, but I mean, kind of on the flip side, though, those older guys are the more stable guys. Their value is going down right now because nobody right. wants those guys. Like exactly. those older guys, I don't want an old easier guy. Easier to right get them. Like a Mike Evans him. or even like you know other players that played with Tom Brady, right? Like any of those guys, like they're they're still going to put up points. What are we afraid of? You know, right. you don't the, need a roster right now. Just add some value to your team. Get some of those guys at the discount, like you were saying. You know, get the that was it the uh, the red light special. You know what I mean? Like go get those guys on uh, for the cheap. And, right. and you can pay the, the lower price because they're not exciting. You know, that's exactly yeah. right. We tell people Except for all. Julio Jones. Don't get him. Well, right. Or, or Nikhil <laughs> Harry. Right? Like there are some players. It doesn't matter how cheap they are. Not worth having. Right. Or even uh, Trey Sermon now. Right. Maybe Trey Sermon is one of the guys like. He's going to be a guy. I'm, I'm going to chase that because, I mean, that's a guy that, you know, they obviously had some belief in. We all know what, True. you know, the running back situation in San Francisco is whoever, you know, tastes good that day. They will eat that. And so, uh, and, and, and there may come a day where he tastes good. So, and Elijah Mitchell <laughs> does not. So, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll be looking at, cause he's one of those players that, you know, that came up short and, and, uh, and is certainly going to be out there available at, at bargain base with prices. Well, he was in the doghouse. I mean, that can change quick. I mean, like, honestly, yeah, like, you know, just, you can just put some good work ethic in over the off season <clears> and all of a sudden he's RB one. So I was using him more as an example of people are done with him. Right. Right. I haven't exactly. Seen him on any but that's waivers. what I want. That's, but I've sent some like thirds for sermon just to be like, hey, here's a third for sermon. And I usually get the ah, I might as well hold at this point, you know, like, it's, yeah. but now's the time where those trades might make more sense with the draft coming up and everybody's starting to do some research and like 
figuring out the third round actually could have some value. Maybe I do want that over this sermon who I don't know what's going to happen, but I really like the receivers that are falling to me in the third of my rookie mocks. That's not going to happen for a couple mm. months still, but that's when you can strike with some of those kind of trades. And again, sermon for a third, I think is a steal. Like yeah, I would think third so round picks I, are always, they're always risky. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That's what I was going to say. I mean, once you get out of the second round, I mean, I'm, I'm holding on to that first and second, but third, fourth, anything after that is kind of, you know, just fair game for me. Yep. Agreed. Do you put any credence into uh, the playoffs? Like if you're watching the playoffs and there's a guy that comes out of nowhere, uh, you know, I always think of the NBA analogy, like every season in the NBA, there's some guy that just is unbelievable. He has a crazy run. He's getting double doubles and he gets a huge contract and you never hear from him again. Right. right? And so like, now it doesn't necessarily happen in the NFL as much, but uh, you know, do you, do you say, Hey, these guys are really taking it to another level. I'm going to bump him up for next year. I'm going to keep my eye on him or whatever, or is it just <clears throat> a game is a game and I'm not going to worry about playoffs, regular season, whatever, because everybody's watching the playoffs right now and everyone is overreacting yeah. like insanely overreacting. And so I am looking to take advantage in those situations, but I'm yeah. just curious from your perspective, you know, should we be overreacting? I mean, you know, Leonard Fournette says, yes, we should be. I mean, right. you know, up until the point where he got hurt this year, but it was a, you know, it was a really phenomenal run. And, uh, you know, I was a skeptic, I mean, going out of last season. And and so I think my, you know, my natural instinct is to think, uh, you know, anything, any narrow band of anything is not something I need to, you know, base anything on. Right. I need, right. I, I'm, I'm a big believer in, you know, we get caught up in the moment, especially in the world of Twitter, where, you know, the minute by minute things, and we talk about it on the, you know, serious show all the time. Don't look yeah. on the drinking straw, right? You, you know, which is hard not to do. And it's even more important in Dynasty. You have to look at the the long history and everything is a data point and a series of data points. <clears throat> and so you try to keep that level. And I mean, there, you know, look, there's times where I get more aggressive or I believe certain aspects of stories. I can tell myself a happy story. I mean, I think that's what we do a lot as fantasy managers. We tell ourselves happy stories about players. And, you know, if we can convince right. ourselves that that some aspect or some narrow band of something is true, we can, you know, obviously get out over our skis on it, but also sometimes you can benefit from it. And certainly anyone who, you know, went all in on Leonard Fournette, and, you know, and he's another guy who, you know, he's not old, but he's perceived to be not a young player. Right. Uh, you know, the people went out and got him were making hay. I mean, he was, he was amazing uh, while he was healthy this season. So, and we'll see what he does next year. Maybe someone off makes him a big offer. I probably won't be as interested if he goes to another team. We'll see. But, uh, but I think those are the kind of situations. Another guy, you know, along those lines, James Conner, who I bought the hell out of uh, this season, you know, mostly because I'm a chase, Edmund skeptic, right? I just didn't see enough. There was like two games. They were both in, you know, the, the, the yeah. New York stadium. Right. It's like everywhere else. He was kind of a non trip. So uh, I invested there. Well, I'll be a little worried this year. I would like, I, I hope he sticks around Arizona, but I don't know what other pieces are going to stick around in Arizona, you know, at the moment. So, um, but you know, if he moves to another team, am I going to be as interested? Probably not. I mean, it seems like a really good formula for him in Arizona. I think he's still going to be a good player. And I think maybe we over, overreacted to how bad things got in Pittsburgh for him, mostly because he was beat up, but it turns out their Agreed. offensive line was already kind of failing, uh, you know, while he was still there. So, so, I mean, uh, those are the kind of players that I, you know, that I'm looking for the, that are, that, you know, that came on, but, but now that he's kind of emerged, I'm, you know, you're not going to be out there buying him. You hope you already owned him. For sure. 
For sure. I want to ask you specifically about a player that uh, we talked about last week and we talked about uh, trade addicts on Tuesday night. Um, and the point that I've been bringing up is, I mean, number one, I don't like him because he's a lefty and I'm talking about Tua. And, uh, but the, the, I say, I joke, I joke, but what I really, what I really, um, the big thing for me with him is four coordinators in four years, essentially, if you go back to college, right? Three, three for three in the NFL. And we know historically that has not turned out. It's actually five because he had two last year at the same time. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, Even better. Yeah. Or even worse, I should say. Yeah. so is that something that you factor in? Is that something you think about, um, you know, and specifically on Tua and then just in general for other players? Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, just the overall situation uh, for him. I mean, it has been a coordinator every year, you know, or, or for, say, Daniel Jones, where it's just, you know, there haven't been the pieces yep. around him. Maybe the coaches do change, but the pieces around him have not been all together as well. So but in Tua's case, uh, the lefty thing is only half of my worries, uh, you know, so uh, he's not that bad. I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested. I think he's a guy that people be dialed back on a little bit that maybe I'm going to be a little more interested in uh, hopefully getting him on the cheap. If I get him, so you think it's a buying opportunity? I think it's more of a buying opportunity. Okay. I, I think the the key to that is, you know, the arrival of Jalen Waddle, who looks like he can, uh, you know, they can pair up and be something for quite some time. So, um, and, but some of that's going to depend on the next coach too. Right. I mean, I'm sure. maybe I just kind of get totally turned off by whoever they hire or whatever the plan is. Is Adam Gaze busy right now? Is he? Oh, I was going to say it, but I didn't want to even mention it. Don't like, mention oh. his name. Twitter would explode again. Anytime Adam Gaze gets brought up, it's just not <laughs> good. Nobody wants that guy. It's terrible. Hope or, he's coaching like Pee Wee somewhere that. next year. Like that's about the best <laughs> job he can get. <laughs> Maybe high school. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe Peyton Manning will come out of retirement. Yeah. That'd be cool. Right. I'd, be, I'd be down for that. Yeah. You know what they should get? They should go get Brian Flores. He was really good. I don't know yeah, who let him go, but Dolphins would really do well with him. <laughs> that's what I heard. <laughs> I would not be mad if the Bears hired him. Uh, no, I did not. Not be bad. Yeah. Bob, you have a team? Like, do you have I a don't. team you grew up with? I, I, I hate them all equally. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> a true uh, fantasy analyst. I like, I like yeah, it. Yeah, I like the least complicated team as my favorite any given week. Perfect. I love it. I, I can respect it. Or can everyone respect else's team. Yeah. Everyone else's fans. I, I grew team. up in Arizona. So, you know, as a kid, there was no, everyone who lived in Arizona came from somewhere else and everyone had a sure. team. Uh, I was the one without a team. And then eventually a team moved there. And I saw that just doesn't seem right. I, I did uh, briefly mm-hmm. dabble in having a team when uh, the Seahawks and Buccaneers mm-hmm. joined the league in the late seventies, I flipped okay. the coin and it came up Seattle. So I was kind of a Seattle fan you know, just because I wanted to have a team because uh, all my friends did. Um, but my heart was never really in it. Well, uh, Dave Craig, Rick Mirror. Yeah. You know, yeah. Good Dave days. Craig back yeah. then, Steve Largent. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The original, the original Kurt Warner. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Wow, man. Those were the days, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, um, is there anyone that you're targeting right now or, or, uh, wanting to get rid of either either side of that coin. Well, I think uh, there there are some players that I'm trying to get rid of, and and I'm, I don't want to make this sound like ageist, but obviously some of those older players that we were just talking about, some of those guys are you know maybe they're hitting a peak, maybe they're hitting a point where their value may come down, and do I want to stick around and 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 ride that down? But it's like, do I want to just get out now anyway? Do I want to just uh, just move on, right? And just even if it's selling low, is that okay? Um, so I, I totally understand the logic. And I, at the same time, at the other side of my mouth, I'm like, go buy those guys cheap. Right. Um, and I think something we talk about a lot, especially in dynasty and on Twitter and everything is the buy price is different than the sell price. 
right? I mean, like what I would what I would pay for a player may not be what I'm willing to accept in a trade on the other side. So for a lot of players like Darren Waller, for instance, is one of those guys where if I have him on a trade on a team, it's going to take a pretty fair amount to get him off of my team. But if I'm going to acquire him, I'm going to ask for something a little bit less, right? Um, I think Waller's got a lot of value, but that offense is going to change a lot. That offense is going to be very different next year. I think even from a head coach, everything, you know, everything in that whole everything is down different. So I think Waller is somebody that I'm targeting in the right place. Um, I think there's there's some value in some of those running backs. I, this may sound odd, but I'm kind of buying the Miles Gaskin. You know, some of those players that really, like like Bob said earlier, disappointed and just were kind of up and down and all over the place. But what if he is the back again next year, right? Chris Carson, another one of those guys. Like, what if he is the back? Yeah, Penny had a great year, but Carson, everybody kind of I don't know, moved on already. I'll take him. I'll see what I can do. Maybe he becomes a guy. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be an RB1, but and I don't think his value ever gets back to where it was. But for the right price, anybody is a good buy. You know what I mean? So, so those are some of the guys I'm looking at that, like like Bob said, that are disappointed, uh, had a really rough year up and down, what have you. And those are the kind of players that the manager who's got them now is probably like, just get this guy off my team. I don't want to deal with it anymore. And I think that's, you know, that's kind of who I target is try to see what the low price is and then build from there. And uh, the other thing I love about right now, there's no lineup to set. So there's no urgency. You can be like, eh, I'll wait. You know, yeah. like, let me just see what free agency does. Let me see what happens next. Let me see what the coaches sign. <clears throat> and I'll just hold on. I don't need to do that trade today. And I tell that to people all the time. Why are we making this trade right now? I'm What's incredibly irritating. I'm incredibly irritating to people in <laughs> leagues because I am never feel any, the, the, for, for me and my experience all through life, not just in dynasty football, but the, the more patient you are, the, you know, if you, you can work on that sense of urgency on the other side, you're going to, you're going to benefit from that. So the longer you can hold out on any trade or any deal uh, while the other person is pushing for it, uh, the better off you're going to be in the end. I mean, you're, you know, if you, I mean, they obviously want to make it worse than you uh then you're going to come out but i i'm like i will drag my feet i have worked on trades for years uh that you know never come to fruition even after working four years so i'm not i'm never going to hurry i'm I'm right there with you I, I worked on the in my home league the the guy took uh it was a one qb league and he took jamar chase 101 and i i was at 105 i think i was like there's no chance chase falls to me i was trying to trade up you know i mean i'm a Bengals fan obviously i wanted chase he had those drops in the beginning of the offseason after our draft. Obviously, he had, our, had those drops. And I kept poking. I'm like, hey, are you are you fed up? I'm willing to take him. Like, you know, get him off your team. I'll give you a huge first. And like all this, all this. And it was probably not until week five or six when I finally you know got an offer done. But it took, no lie, like eight months to pull that off. You know what I mean? Like it was just like the whole time trying to get that done. So I feel you. I understand exactly what you mean there. So I'm going to give you a name because here's how I look at it in general. I look at the value, the value versus production fulcrum. At some point, that fulcrum is going to flip and that you have now passed peak value and your sell window is, for me, gone. I mean, I like to sell guys at their peak uh, or their perceived peak and uh, you know build from there. But once a guy gets past a certain point, he's never... He's likely never coming back, and I'll, I'll take those odds. <clears throat> so Allen Robinson is 28 years old. He's going to be a free agent. He's not going back to the Bears because they're just assholes, and they were totally treated him awful. He's going to go somewhere. Um, he is currently wide receiver 41 in DLF ADP, and that's like Adam Thielen is wide receiver 38. And listen, Adam Thielen is well outproduced Allen Robinson, but he's three years older. And I'm just saying the point Allen Robinson's peak value is long gone. 
So he's not a sell for me. So I'm holding him on the teams where I have him. Yep. But I am now looking to buy him on my contenders because if you can get him for like a late second, <clears> mid second, <throat> I am gladly making that deal. He can probably give you two to three years at a nice level if you know depending on where he signs but again if he signs somewhere good his value is going to bump a little bit so now's the time now's to go time. make those offers i agree totally agree on that and and totally agree on him as a player as well i mean i think this year is uh such a, it seems like such an aberration and and it's hard to run an offense when you don't have offensive tackles it turns out um and you know that doesn't just impact the quarterback it, it you know and and i know you know like david montgomery ha- had a reasonable year i mean run blocking is not pass blocking you know, right. they, you, you, you can go out and find guys who can run block anywhere. You can't got, find guys who can handle the edge rushers in the NFL. And the Bears proved that this year. And it was to the detriment of everybody except Darnell Mooney, who somehow is like totally immune. To he's so small, disastrous. you can't find him. He just, you know, he's just out there <clears> running around. You didn't even see him. So, you know, um, I, that's the only thing. I, that's the only explanation I can come up with, to be honest with you. Um, Good pick, though. We have revoked though Allen Robinson's quarterback proof card has been temporarily revoked. Yes. <laughs> well, there is some there is some rumor, you know, not really anything real to it, but like, did he want to play on the tag? Was it more of like, I just went out? Is he trying to play his way out? Did he not like Nagy? Was he just done? So I I agree with revoking the card, but there might be some context we're not it back. aware of. I'm I'm still holding it. It's right here. You can have it back. <laughs> yeah, he can gain it back. I like that. I like that. Okay, that's fair. He was top five in nearly every route run by PFF two seasons ago. Yep. So if you're telling me that he just, you know, in one year, yeah, he, he went forgot. top five in pretty much everything, you know, yeah. You know, let's, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was an AJ green situation that, you yes. know, quite well there, Andrew. I do. I do. Thank yeah. you for bringing that up. That's not sensitive no, no at doubt. all. Perfect. No doubt. <laughs> all right. Uh, anything else you want to touch on here before we jump into find me a trade? I'm good. Let's do this trade. I had a good time okay. with this and it was tricky. All right, so our uh, certainly our top <clears throat> segment here that we do, Bob. Thanks for doing this too. It's always a lot of fun to get the guest perspective. Um, so this one is actually from a Trade Addicts League, Trade Addicts Three. Our buddy Nick Martinez at Nick Martinez BR. Um, I I cannot. We have so many Nick Martinez's in our world that I can't decipher who's who but then i read this description and it's the jalen waddle nick martinez so now i know exactly which nick martinez that is um, so point. trade addicts leagues are 12 team super flex 1.75 tight end premium 0.05 for return yards <laughs> and it's a start 10 league uh there's basically one of each and then five flex and a super flex as well so uh i'll read what nick said andrew if you want to pull up the roster yep go ahead. um Nick said, I'm coming off a third place finish, but was a top two team all year. I still think I can compete, but just feel like this team is very fragile. With Big Ben retiring, I'm down to just Stafford and Tua at quarterback. At running back, I only really have Eckler, and my wide receivers are on the older side. I don't have a lot of picks left either, so I feel like I'm stuck in a spot where they go all in with fragile team or keep my youth and run it back next year. I was planning to explore two of trades and trading down for an older quarterback plus another piece, but open to anything, anything but Waddle that is because he's of course my dude. And I think I have an idea where Bob's going to go with this, with this team. So, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, but Andrew, why don't you run through the roster and then go ahead and jump into your trade. 
Perfect. Yeah. So uh, I, I I thought this team was pretty well balanced, except the running back position. I just was, you know, obviously there's a little bit of a gap there, but we'll get through that in a minute. But we got two attack of Iowa, Matt Stafford and Ben Roethlisberger as your three quarterbacks in Superflex. I mean, not bad, not bad. And ooh, uh, who knows where Ben's going to be uh, running backs. It's Austin Eckler and a bunch of guys. And, and I don't know how else to put that nicely, but you got David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, Tevin Coleman. I mean, some of these guys have some value here and there, but in dynasty, like you're not going to get much for a lot of these players, unfortunately, uh, at receiver, he's got some good studs at receiver. I actually really liked his receiver group. He's got Stefan Diggs, Brandon cooks, add Antonio Brown. Like we were talking about, obviously Jalen Waddle, we mentioned, Cooper Cup, Julio Jones, Tyler Lockett, like name after name after name receiver. And in something like this, when you only have to start one at each position and then it's a bunch of flex, I like having receivers and a PPR. So I totally get the logic of why you build a, th- a team this way. Uh, also, I, just to be clear, too, on injury reserve, he's got a couple players, but nobody of any importance. But then tight ends, you've got Mark Andrews. Right. I think that's, you know, that's one of the stud positions you can't get much better. And then Eric Ebron and Ricky Seals Jones. So, again, hmm. Raheem Mostert on IR. I don't, I don't know if that matters at all. Um, it's one of those things where this team definitely has some potential and and I can see him doing well, but I, it's kind of one of those middle teams for me. Um, and so again, I, I looked at my trade and I kind of went through the, the logic of it and just said, well, okay, what's the first thing I would move? What's the first piece on this trade? Uh, first piece on this team that I would try to get rid of. And for me, actually, it was Tyler Lockett. I'm like, Tyler Lockett, somebody I think it can still have some name cachet, can still get some value, but who am I going to get? Who? What is my target to get for Tyler Lockett? And it would be, you know, Tyler Lockett's not worth that much. It'd be like a third quarterback. I'm like, well, all right, well, let's build a big one. Let's go, let's go big or go home. So my trade that I came up with was with team number two, which I love that name. That's a good one. And it would be sending Austin Eckler, Stefan Diggs, and Tyler Lockett to number two for Lamar Jackson, Miles Sanders, and Foster Moreau. Now, I'm not sure this trade gets done as is, but this is the kind of trade I like to build. And you're sending a bunch of good players. You're getting back Lamar Jackson and not sending a quarterback. So obviously that's a risk. Uh, the other team is going to have to give up a QB. They're going to need depth. Uh, I think this one, again, though, you're you're sending Austin Eckler and Stephon Diggs. Those are both studs. And you're getting rid of Miles Sanders, who a lot of managers are just like, I'm fed up. I don't want it anymore. And I think Foster Moreau, I mean, again, you've got some some potential there at the tight end position. The other thing, then, is it lets you keep the Tua Waddle stack and the Stafford Cup stack. Now, in a, and again, in a league like this, I like stacking if you can, if you can hold on to that. And I don't know how well that really works in Dynasty. It becomes kind of a... I don't know, like a fool's errand in a way. But I do think that there is some value in having stacks to differentiate, especially in the Trade Addicts League where values and players are getting all over the place. Maybe holding those two kind of makes some sense. And then I said in my notes here too, like maybe you can work on trading Sanders and one of your like Julio Jones receivers or something like that for a better running back before the season starts. But I looked it up on DLF too, because I'm always curious what calculators say. Not that they're the end all, but just people look at that. Sometimes that's a way to see like, am I in the ballpark? And it came up really close, like within five points or something. I'm like, okay, so I'm in the right ballpark. And I don't mind being the loser of a trade on a calculator if it gets it done. So maybe you send a third or a future second or, you know, one of those kind of pieces to kind of close the deal. Or you send like a David Johnson or a Melvin Gordon, one of those guys that's kind of bench clogging uh, just to kind of make it happen. But that's kind of where my trade was at. Bob, what are your thoughts? Anything on that? Do you think Um, that's worth it to get Lamar? Yeah, I think if you're, I mean, I think that's kind of a, a blow it up situation, essentially for me. I, I think I would be inclined, as I said, I would probably try to play this out. Right? <laughs> I think I, I think there's still enough to hang your hat on with Stafford Cup and Tua Waddle that I would kind of move forward. But you're going to need some help, first of all, at running back. 
I'm with you. I would be looking to move one of those wide receivers, a name, whether it's Lockett or, you know, Brandon Cooks, if people are paying attention, yeah. he's very good. Um, I'd be willing to move on from him, you know, but both of those players have questions. We don't know the coaching staff or the Texans, not entirely sure who the quarterback would be. Although if it's Davis Mills, I'd be fine. I think Cook, Cooks has been good no matter what, right? I mean, yeah. for a player nobody wants on their team very long, he's been really productive and, he, and I think the best player on the Texans, but Lockett as well. <clears throat> but you'd have to pair them up. And I'd try to find a starting running back who I could pair up with Eckler, whether it's Connor or somebody. There's a number of teams that have, you know, some extra backs that seem like maybe you could work them a little bit. Uh, what was the one team that I was looking at as well? I think Dustin's team had some, seemed hmm. like a target rich environment at running back, but maybe some guys <laughs> you'd have to take a chance on, whether it was Penny, sure. uh, you know, or, or you could just find a floor guy, maybe like Jacobs or, or you know, I mean, I, I like Gibson, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to come up with some other pieces, not, you know, the receiver is not going to get that done. And then you're going to have to add some depth at quarterback. I would be out there trying to lock up, you know, first of all, uh, you know, the, the handcuffs for my quarterbacks in a super flex I'm all about, but you're going to need another quarterback as well at some point. And maybe you wait it out and try and pick something up as the season comes on and there's some attrition or somebody jumps up, but, but, but first and foremost, I would probably play with this roster. I would probably try to leverage, uh, you know, some of those wide receivers. And, and I'm sure it would take more than might take three uh, of some of those guys uh, to get something done. And, and I do think, you know, Mark Andrews is my favorite tight end. He's a guy that I can't live without and pretty much and has been the last couple of years. But, um, but I think you need a little help at that position as well. At least some depth. I don't know if Blake Jarwin comes back, you know, for Dallas, he, he did come back, but, it seems like somebody has taken he's, his spot. He's a he's a cut candidate for me because right. if they cut him, he's got one million in, in right. dead money and five and quarter in right. savings. And with Jarwin coming on, they got to decide if they're going to resign him or whatnot. So, yeah. well, uh, or with just Schultz clear, coming on, yeah, yeah. I, I think just to be clear too that the other and I don't think I mentioned this, but the other thing would you would then have the Lamar Andrew stack, right? So right. that would be like a third. Be stack. I didn't. Yeah, know I like that about your trade. I, yeah. like, that's like why if I, I was blowing. Lamar. If if I was blowing up and I was just saying, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna refigure this whole thing out. I thought mm -hmm. your suggestion was outstanding. I just would be less likely to want to blow things up because I, I do think I mean between Eckler, Diggs, and some of the Cup and Waddle. I mean, you've got some really good players that are going to put up huge weeks, right? On a you know, assuming they head on this, continue on at least a, a, some reasonable uh, portion of their current trajectory, you're going to have a really good team in that regard. So I could, I would probably try to play this out a little bit and just need, definitely need depth at running back though to get started. Well, and I think too, I usually do, I like smaller trades. Like on a team like this, I don't think you need to blow it up. So I was like, I usually do smaller, but I'm like, I got Bob Harris coming on. I kind of want to go big. <laughs> like, let's just see what happens with this. But I mean, yeah, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. You can you can piece some of these together. And I, I mean, again, you don't have to make a move. This is one of those teams that I think you're okay, <clears> even <throat> with losing Ben. I mean, yeah, that stinks. But I mean, even if you don't have a lot of draft picks, you might be able to pick up like a Jordan Love or a Davis right. Mills or a Terod Taylor or like some of those guys that just sort of show up and become a player. And, right. and I don't I, think you have to go panic. But my thought was, man, if you get Stafford, Tua and Lamar all on the same team, now you've got some capital you can trade around and, and you know, see how yep. the season goes and kind of be happy in the offseason. So that was kind of the logic. But Bob, what was your trade? I know you had a couple looks like that you kind of mentioned on yours. I think those are the ones I mentioned was I'd be looking to move either Lockett or I, I think Lockett was or, or Cooks. Cooks, I, you know, for me, if I was like looking to do the deal, I'd be, I'd want a piece of Cooks. I don't know what the hell is going to happen in Seattle. Right. And so, and, but those are both instances where I'm not really sure what's going to happen. So I'm going to, 
you know, lose a little bit on that deal when I'm putting it out there. So I'm going to have to package it up with some other players. I think you have some of these older receivers that maybe someone would be willing to take a chance on if you give them one of the, you know, one of those two players to go along with it. So uh, that would be my approach. I would, I would, I would be looking to add a running back. I like the James Conner target. I thought was great, but Josh Jacobs, yep. hey, you know, that roster in particular uh, seemed to have like a good supply of running backs that, that, that I could like at least hope for a, have a reasonable floor and maybe asking for Connor is not a good time to do that right now, but there's some uncertainty with him as well. So, you know, that's the, you know, I'm trying to maybe try to play a little bit off the uncertainty of some of the backfields. Well, he's splitting carries. He's getting older, quote, quote unquote, for running backs. I mean, there's a lot Injury of people. Injury prone. Kind of, yeah. You, you can use all that stuff. Throw all those words in your chat and scare the manager before you send the offer. You know, I do some of that, a little bit of mind games. And be like, hey, man, Connor really got lucky oh. this year. He's never going to do that again. And like, you know, there's little jabs. And then you're like, hey, I'll take him off your hands. You know what I mean? Let me help you out. <laughs> so I love it. I love it. And then, Scott, I guess, what was your trade? I know you had a couple of good ones in yours, too. Yeah. So I looked at... Uh, so Nick, let me let me talk to you here for a minute, buddy. So we we uh, <laughs> in the portfolio uh, game here. Essentially, I I do inevitably have a couple rosters like this because when you're competing and they're they're making money, it's just going to kind of happen. Uh, you can't trade everyone at once, right? I mean, it's you can, but you're just not going to get the value. Um, so I really, I really do have a feeling this roster may die a horrible death and, and, and that's okay because if you can cash mm. the next couple of years and you, you, you know, buy yourself a couple of years to, to do a, a rebuild, then, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, that's sometimes the way, it, the way it goes. Uh, and, and most of these players are past that value fulcrum where you're just not going to get a return of anything that's going to it's not going to change anything for you. You're, you're going to get a bunch of thirds and it, it just, you know, it, it's not going to do anything. You, you might as well keep that production. You know, a guy like Melvin Gordon going to give you great production. You're not going to get anything for him in a right. trade. Um, so, you know, likely you're not going to move on from those guys. Um, I'd love to move from Tua right now, but you know, there's not a lot, you know, like Bob talked about earlier, it's more of a buying opportunity right now. So uh, what does that mean? His value is low. So selling him right now doesn't make any sense. Um, so I do like that part of Andrew's trade where you go get Lamar and then now you have some flexibility with your three quarterbacks. Maybe you can move to a later on. Um, but, you know, just wait on Tua, see who gets hired, you know, see which coach or offensive coordinator comes in there, see if there's a, a new, you know, Allen Robinson signs in Miami, something like that. You know, let's give let's give Tua some buzz. Then you can look at those moves. Um, but also, like Andrew said, I want to keep it. I want to keep it simple with something like this. I want to move off of maybe one of those wide receivers. Um, you know, I'm going to break two rule, two of my rules, general rules here is trading a wide receiver for a running back. I don't typically like to do, uh, but Scott, when, are you feeling okay? That's that, that I saw that I, immediately. And I was like, is this for real? Are you, I serious? know, I know it's, it's, there's, <laughs> there's two things, two rules here. I'm breaking. Number one is trading a wide receiver for running back. And number two is trading for James Conner. Um, but Listen, Lockett is too volatile, and most likely the games that he goes off, he's going to be on your bench anyway because you got a ton of wide receivers. So he may not even be in your starting lineup at, at some of those points. So if he's kind of that, he's a flex guy for you. You don't know when he's going to be in. You don't know when he's going to score two points or twenty-five. Um, I do like those guys in some formats, but it, not necessarily in this one. 
if you had a higher floor with a couple of, you know, stud quarterbacks and, and stud running backs, then I like the volatile wide receivers. Um, so I like a, something like Lockett for a James Conner. Um, I think Dare Promise is the team that has James Conner, um, who would be interested in a guy like Lockett for his roster. Right. I think that makes more sense for him. So that is a risk <clears throat> to take on a free agent running back who's 26 years old and essentially made of glass. And he, I do want to point out how he did not get injured this year until I traded for him and got my first oh. share. And I, I, I posted on Twitter and I said, I apologize in advance. So don't come at me now. I told you he would get hurt. So, you know, what, what are you going to do? But listen, he's a guy who next year he could, no matter where he goes, he could have 60 catches. He could have 10 touchdowns. He could, I'm not saying both of those, but he could do either thing. He's versatile. He can catch, he can be a goal line back. So wherever he goes, he will have a role. Um, and he's just going to give you a little more floor and, and possibly even a higher ceiling for the season. Not maybe not necessarily per game versus Lockett. Um, so that's, that's where I felt like, I think you go ahead and, and, uh, and stick with it, Nick, just stick with it, you know, see if you can cash again next year. Um, I think top three got you something this year. So, you know, there's a little bit you're buying for next year probably. And then, yeah, if you can make a run next year, uh, I, I would definitely do it even, even if your roster eventually dies. A horrible <clears throat> time. Yeah. I thought Rocky had some, you know, maybe some needs a wide receiver as well. That's, uh, and yes. maybe a little bit of a surplus of backs. Don't go for Darius guys. So I have it on good authority. He won't be back soon, but, uh, <laughs> beyond that, I think there's a, there were a couple targets there that I thought, I mean, would love to get Michael Carter, but you're not prying him out of anybody's hands. Um, but maybe Dobbins, you know, just out of some concern, you know, that he, of his bounce back, but he definitely has the needs or a wide receiver. So that would be, that would be one, another guy I yes. might look at. When, just to be clear too, I think you, it depends, I guess, but you might be able to get Connor and a pick for Lockett. You know what I mean? Like you might be able to get more than just straight up. I know Lockett's value is kind of tanking, but I, th that's one of those trades. I would send like Lockett for Connor <clears throat> and another player. And they decline or they counter and you can be like, all right, here, I'll just do it straight up then. Right. Like you never know. Ask yeah. for a little more because I do think you're exactly right. There's a lot of locket lovers out there. Yeah. There's also a lot of receiver buyers right now. And people are looking <clears> at Connor going, I don't know where he's going. I want out. I mean, you don't know what this other manager is going through. So I don't I don't like sending what I would consider a fair trade right out of the gate. <clears> I'm not sending a bad trade, but I might yeah. ask for a little more because what's the worst they do is they counter to what you had anyway. You know, give right. yourself a little leverage position here. That's all. I think that roster is kind of built, you know, with the, you know, you've got the super high end. I mean, maybe a little concerns about Devontae Adams' future. I'm not really concerned about it. I think everyone stays in place. But beyond that, you've got Keenan Allen. Uh, who else do you have? Oh, it's Debo Samuel. So you have got real, three really good guys that are pretty steady performers. You can afford to add, uh, you know, kind of one of those more volatile players. So that was kind of one of the rosters I was looking at. And it's obviously a surplus at running back as well. For sure. And that guy's got Zeke too, right? Maybe you do yeah. something where it's like Cooks and Lockett for Zeke, yep. right? I mean, you never yep. know. You Maybe you can pull something like that off. I don't think Zeke <laughs> is dead. I mean, he's got no, some value. He he's he's not partially torn PCL. I mean, right? you know, yeah, I, I, he's still I, I feel He's got a long contract. Right. I mean, like maybe somebody's sick of that. I mean, you could maybe pull something like a two for one in that regard too. So again, I just kind of giving you some ideas, Nick. I think the main thesis from what I'm hearing though, is you don't have to make a move. But if you want to, here's some ideas, here's some new ways to go. And hopefully people that are listening to this can take <clears> that same kind of advice in their own league and, you know, apply that to their own players if they've got Lockett on the roster. And they're like, you know what, maybe I will try that. So 
appreciate you helping us out with that. That Bob, that's a uh, one of yeah, our favorite I, segments that we get to do here. It's very enjoyable. I mean, I get it. You know, as we were, you know, you threw it out there, and I was looking at. It, I'm just thinking, you know, this is he. He's exactly right. Uh, I mean, uh, there's no doubt. Fragile is a good description of this roster, but you know, fragile rosters can win you a little something with a little oh, bit yeah. of luck and uh, maybe just another player or two just to shore things up. And I, I do think Melvin Gordon has another season in him, whether it's with Denver or not. I, I suspect it will right. be with Denver, but you know, you never yeah. know. Um, so you've got a couple backs there that you could, you know, that are to me, startable backs that will help you compete. Obviously Eckler, you know, high end, but you know, I just want to, I want to feel the solid starting lineup. I want a starting lineup. I can feel comfortable with, or at least build on a little bit. And I think that's all he needs is, is basically that a uh, little bit of assistance, but he needs some depth at quarterback and tight end too. Yeah, well, and to address the quarterback uh, situation, this is the time of year where I'm going to go trade for guys like Mitchell Trubisky. Mm. Um, you know, uh, Minshew is another guy I like, though. In this league, you're not going to get him because he's he's uh, uh, you know Rocky's favorite player, and he won't he won't trade him. So, uh, Bob Rocky's our other uh, rotating okay. co-host on All this right. on this podcast. So uh, he's an Eagles fan, but. Um, <laughs> But, the, uh, you know, Trubisky is a great example of a guy I would trade for. He, you know, if Dable gets hired somewhere, which get get this, Dable gets hired as the Bears head coach. He brings Trubisky in to mm. teach Fields the offense. Fields gets hurt. Trubisky takes the Bears to the playoffs. I mean, look, it, it's all it's all happening right here. Keep um, dreaming, Scott. I love but, it. But likely, <laughs> likely this he goes somewhere. play with fans. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh man. Yeah. Well, that, that was, that was a different one. That was, that was good, Nick. We appreciate that so much. Um, as always, we appreciate everybody in the comments. Uh, good, good stuff tonight, Bob. We so sincerely appreciate you taking the time and giving us an hour. We, uh, I know we rushed through a couple of things. We wanted to keep this one to an hour for you. Sometimes we tend to ramble on and, you know, next thing it. we know, it's two hours later and all that. So, uh, no, man, Save we really, really appreciate it. Oh, time. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> appreciate your perspective on everything. Uh, any any final uh, dynasty advice you want to give to the junkies out there? Uh, I, probably they all know as much about this as I do uh, in the dynasty world. But I mean, I'm reluctant to give up my picks. I'm reluctant mm. to give up frontline players. Okay. Uh, maybe, you know, I'm trying to learn to be a little more open to these things. Um, and I think everyone, you know, open mind is is what I would leave you with. Try to be a little more open minded. I have not been. And uh, I think to my detriment that I'm trying to be more open minded and some of my willingness to let go of draft capital. You know, something you guys mentioned, you know, the, you know, third round. I mean, first two rounds. Yeah. But I mean, I've been in the past one where I've been really reluctant to give up those later picks. And over time, you gain the experience to realize, wow, those later picks are later for a reason. They're not that great. Uh, so, you know, be willing to part with those. I mean, people still value them, um, but, you know, the, I'm value them less every year. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's 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 definitely that's a great point. And with that, the great advice from the great Bob Harris, uh, you can find him uh, at Football Die Hard on Twitter. You can hear him on XM Radio, footballdiehards.com. Um, man, just amazing. Thank you again so much, Bob. Um, for us tonight, you can find me at Scott underscore Sidlow and at Andrew Hall FF. Uh, I never remember Rockies, so who cares? He's not on. Um, at Dynasty FF Addict. I got at you. Dynasty right. FF Addict. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, subscribe and follow the DAP Network. 
Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, uh, whether on YouTube or anywhere you can find your podcasts and find all the other uh, crossover shows we've been doing this week. Um, Rocky and I did Trade Addicts. Andrew was on Trade Addicts last week. I think Rocky was on Timeline last night. Yep. So, I mean, it's very incestuous. You know, we're all just <laughs> we're all just all over the place here uh, backing each other up. You know, it's good. Good times. Um, subscribe, make sure you subscribe, rate and review, reach out to us as always. Uh, like Andrew always says, our inboxes are open, you know, questions, trades, comments, anything. Uh, I got a good one this week, um, from a guy at Nercoleptic, which I thought was a great Twitter handle, but, uh, yeah, that, that was a good one. We had a good conversation. So, Hey, we do it for you guys. We appreciate you guys. And, uh, Andrew, you want to take us out? Yeah, for the incomparable Bob Harris and for Scott and I, who had a great time chatting with you tonight, Bob, really was a good time. I want to just say one last thing here. Junkies out. Junkies out.